told you Samsonov was fine. I don't remember you ever saying that. I did. After the one loss at home, I said he was fine. You gotta follow the numbers. What numbers? What number? This guy. He only loses a home game once every three months. Let's go! Give me what I want! Kick down the door! Drew, you are not doing this! What the Not nice! There's a giant hand! You hear yourself! I made like 2,000 of these. I'd like to have fun. With you, wherever you are, welcome to LFO. Yeah, baby, they're good again! Leafs win! 4-1 over the Detroit Red Wings. Steve, aren't you forgetting something? No, I did not forget to do victory puppies. But you know what, just because. Scritches for Iggy and for old time's sake, scritches for Charlie. So here's the thing, Iggy had an amazing Saturday. He went for an extended rip at the park, napped for a few hours because dog, and then actually stopped by our old house today and played with our old neighbor dogs for several hours. The result of that is the Leafs win the game, I come up stairs and go, where's Iggy? And the answer was he had already put himself to bed. And I even said, hey, you want a treat? You want a treat? Sorry if your dog's going nuts, but I was like, you want a treat? He looked at me and put his head right back down. Would not come downstairs, would not even get out of bed. He is going to be eight at the end of March. This dog has always been the same, all gas, no brakes, does not know how to budget his energy. So tonight he was just shattered. Like you, you just forget victory puppies. I don't want the treat. Give me two next time or something. And they play tomorrow too. He's getting old. He can't handle the back-to-back. -back. So no victory puppies because the victory puppy is tired. That being said, what a ridiculous game. Let's talk about that ridiculous game. First, think you know which way it's gonna go? Like, did you know they were only gonna get two shots on goal in the first period and win the game by three goals? Then make your bet at Sports Interaction. When the puck drops, Sports Interaction has you covered pre-game, live betting on all major sports and prop bets and they have an app now on a bet head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn that's sportsinteraction.com sdpn 19 plus please play responsibly so the first period happened we all saw it it was dumb and it crept up on us didn't it like the leafs weren't perfect out of the gate simsonov did actually have to make a few pretty big saves but it didn't feel like the Red Wings were caving the Leafs in or dominating them or even being the better team, frankly. Leafs get a power play, no shot. Tavares with a chance, oh, he missed the net. Oh, they missed the net again. And it's like halfway through the period and you're like, they have one shot. Some penalty shenanigans, a four on four, and a very short Red Wings power play, and a breakaway for a defenseman and Jake Wallman, and doesn't he score? Of course he scores! And then for the vast majority of the rest of the first period, the Toronto Maple Leafs on home ice against a middling team on the second half of a back-to-back, -back, I swear we just had this conversation with the St. Louis Blues, had one shot on goal while the other team was outscoring them, one nothing. Why? Why? And I was talking about this on Watch Hockey Night in Canada with Steve Dangle, presented by Coca-Cola on the Sportsnet YouTube channel. I, I was so confused. Just going by that number, I was confused because I was watching the game and it did not feel like they were getting dominated like that. Did you feel like they were getting dominated like that? Because if you were like me and you don't feel like they were getting dominated like that, Sport logic might have the answer as to why. The Leafs had the puck in the offensive zone only about 30 seconds less than the Detroit Red Wings, but possession with the puck in the offensive zone is what doesn't make any sense to me at all. The Red Wings had the puck in the offensive zone, like in the Leafs zone, for two minutes and eight seconds. The Leafs had the puck in the Detroit Red Wings zone for three minutes and three seconds. The Leafs had the puck in the offensive zone for almost a full minute more than the Red Wings in the first period. 
and were outshot eight to two. Like the Leafs were better on their entries, better on their exits, more chances off the cycle, more chances off the rush. The only one that the Leafs didn't have the advantage on was odd man rushes. The numbers just kind of confirm a lot of what at least my eye test has said for a lot of the season when the Leafs aren't playing their best, they have the puck. They have the puck a lot and just sort of stick to the outside and do nothing with it. Now, I don't want you to take the wrong lessons from that. Like the Leafs aren't working hard enough and they're afraid to go to the front of the net. No, they're going to the front of the net. They're trying to set up opportunities at the front of the net from the outside. They're just not able to get it done. So listen, I don't want to make a mountain out of a molehill because they won the game 4-1. This was going to be a big issue. They erased the issue in the second and third but just something to watch going forward. In the meantime, Simsonov held them in that game. Like he really did. He made some big and timely saves. Not to mention some good blocks from the team. Sandine with a really good defensive play. Matthews I really like. And late in the first period, Alexander Kerfoot with an amazing individual effort draws a penalty, leaps to the power play. And it lasts for most of the rest of the period and they're not able to score. They're barely able to get a shot on goal. Not a lot of optimism heading into the second. But they do start the second on the power play. Sure enough, Austin Matthews, he misses the net. Why did he have to? Oh, they scored. Matthews rips the puck wide, bounces off the end board to Mitch Marner's stick and the beautiful Selly. Please tell me someone got an amazing video from this angle of Marner doing the Selly, like someone who was sitting in the corner. Please, you had amazing seats, just give us the content, please. All right, 24 seconds in, short work on the power play. The Leafs' first shot of the period goes in. Go figure. The second goal though, the game winning goal. Mwah, this thing. Giordano, nice long pass to Cali Arncroke. And then you know how no matter what ingredients you use in a dish, it's gonna taste like crap if it's not made with love? Cali Arncroke flutters this thing to John Tavares with love. Tavares receives it on the backhand, forehand, backhand, forehand. Ah! 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 Magnus Halberg hasn't even made it to a dozen NHL games, Jonathan. What's he ever done to you? A preposterous despair. Pickable goal from the captain, the only guy who scored last game. Ew, yuck, disgusting. The Leafs get the lead on their second shot of the period. It looked so funny for a while to look up at the shot clock and the Leafs had two goals on four shots. Now, now it's, you know, good that the Leafs have the lead and everything, but what has the theme of the last few games been? Defense, is, it's kind of, garbage and their goaltending it's it's kind of garbage and when both those things are garbage well a 2-1 lead it's not that good but you know what I, i'm gonna ask you a question I, I, don't, I don't know if i've ever asked you this did you know i used to work at the zoo the toronto zoo third largest zoo in north america i still remember half the zoomobile tour and i still remember a bunch of goofy animal facts because you have to like hallie know the facts. Don't delete it, Drew. It's actually very good. So if you're watching this video right now, it means it's highly unlikely that you're currently being choked by a boa constrictor. And that's good for you because a boa constrictor constricts itself around you. You take in a breath and then when you exhale, it squeezes tighter. So the next breath is smaller than the next one, then the next one, then the next one, and then it feeds. That's is what the Leafs did defensively in this one. That is what the Leafs did when they were basically undefeated for like a month and a half. That is what they've been doing all season long. 
Except for the last week and a half or so. Did I get concerned? Oh, did I get concerned? Yeah, yeah, a little. But this, what they did to Detroit, who just kept dumping it in and dumping it in. And the Leafs said, okay, and they went and got it. And there were some battles and there was a little bit of chippiness, but the Leafs aren't afraid of that. Airmail it out, battle it up the boards, shove it up the boards, go right up the middle, do whatever you need. That's what the Leafs did. They did whatever they wanted. They handled Detroit in the back half of the game. However, there was a moment in the second period where the game could have flipped a little bit. Michael Bunting got a roughing call on who I thought was Ben Sherratt. Again, when I'm doing those streams on the YouTube channel, it's live and I'm focusing on a lot of things. The, the chat and what's going on and how I look and what I'm saying and am I centered with the camera. But thank you to a handful of Detroit Red Wings fans who pointed out to me on Twitter that actually the Bally Sports Detroit feed picked up the reason that Michael Bunting got a penalty. And basically, the official who, yeah, we give them crap, but they're not always wrong. He's trying to handle the situation and he's sort of shoving Michael Bunting away, gently though, not like Dan Kelly, and he's just trying to escort him away from the situation. Bunting responds by putting Lucas Raymond in a headlock, which I last I checked you're not allowed to do. But then Michael Rasmussen put Michael Bunting in a headlock, which understandable, but you're still not allowed to do that. I originally thought Bunting got the penalty for just like shoving Sherratt, which is Sherratt's entire living, so I was surprised. I still think it's ridiculous that Detroit ended up with a power play after that one. I think they both should have gone on account of they both did the identical exact same thing. I was under the impression that's how rules work. But did Bunting deserve a penalty there? Yeah, just, yeah. I love the guy, but yeah. Probably should have been coincidentals, but uh, the Leafs killed it, thank goodness. Because the puck doesn't lie. And the Leafs, now with the 2-1 lead, end the second period having outshot the Red Wings 12-10. to The third period, the BOA finishes the job. And a big part of the BOA, by the way, happens to be the Leafs' highest paid defenseman, Morgan Riley, who there has been some discourse about over the last week or two. People talked about him as if he showed up like Taylor Swift and said, it's me, hi, I'm the problem, it's me. That's exactly how she's saying it, you stop. But well, people are talking about how he's bad and the Leafs can't defend with him and I will, I will give it to you that they got bad right around the time he got back. Um, I highly doubt He's the only problem. People decided he was the problem. While also talking about the five forward power play unit that stinks, according to some people. Which I imagine caused some people some agony when he assisted on the Mitch Marner power play goal. Oh, I'm glad that the power play worked once they took the fifth forward off it, but that means I have to compliment Morgan Riley. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It's just one goal. And it's on the power play. Of course it's on the power play. Morgan Riley can't score it even straight. And then early in the third period, Morgan Riley puts it on. Little deflection from Pontus Holmberg, who scores his first home goal somehow. Goal! And Holmberg gets his fourth goal of the season, while Morgan Riley, who has no goals because he's bad and stinks, picks up his 19th assist in his 25th game. It's me! Greetings! I'm the problem! It's me! Look, I understand perfectly being upset with Morgan Riley or being frustrated with his play of late. The excuse of, oh, he's just coming back from injury, it's not the greatest excuse because we've seen lots of guys come in and out of the lineup and also there was no reason to rush him back. Like with the way defensemen were playing for the Leafs, like eight, nine, ten guys deep, you can be pretty confident that if a defender returns to the lineup, they're good to go. But I've seen people talking about like trading the guy. 
I got news for you. No! He makes over seven million bucks and they'll be on Grand Theft Auto 7 by the time that contract's done. They're not moving them. So look, I get wanting to trade a guy who it's realistic to trade them and they're not being very good for your team. I've called for it many times over many years. This guy ain't going nowhere and he was drafted by the Leafs in 2012. Morgan Riley has seen some stuff and things and when they, you know, you know, I would love Riley to be on the team. So you gotta work with the guy. You gotta cheer for him. And if you're a Leaf fan, this has to be a huge, huge encouraging game on that front. The final piece of the puzzle, the empty netter, was actually a thing of beauty. Justin Hall airmails the thing and it drops. Mitch Marner, no look. Just a little kick with the foot to John Tavares. Marner does stuff on purpose no one could pull off by accident. Like seriously. If you lived a thousand years and you got a thousand year contract, you couldn't pull that off by accident. Tavares pots the empty netter for his 18th of the season. He deserves it. He had so many chances in this one. And the Leafs win 4-1. Out shooting Detroit 15-5 in the third period. A period they were leading the entire time. The BOA questions. Simsonov is 10 Oh, and one at home. This dude hasn't even lost in regulation. Can we stop stressing about a couple of off games and just have some smile? You know what? Yes. I, listen, I don't think it was unreasonable to look at the last few games that Samsonov had and Murray and go, uh-oh. But, yeah, I'm going to shut my brain off for this one and go, he's 10 0 one at home. LOL. That's amazing. Keep that up, Sammy. Cal Yarncroak certified 2LW? Okay, so this is actually a very good question because heading into the deadline, we talk about what do the Leafs need and there's talk about a defenseman, but there's also talk about getting forward help. I imagine the forward help is a second line left winger. Matthew Nyes is, is going to join the team, we hope. He's a rookie. Who knows what kind of impact he's going to have. And then let's say they get a guy like, I don't know, Timo Meyer or something, could play either wing. Let's say whoever the Leafs get, whether it's Nyes or another acquisition or whatever, ends up in that second line left wing spot. Where does Yarncroak go? Like there were two big things when the Leafs were not great at the beginning of the season. They really, really struggled in the bottom six. Number one, to find a center. They tried Yarncroak there, it just didn't work. And number two, they couldn't find a place for Yarncroak at all. That dude was on the third line center, fourth line center, third line wing, fourth line wing. Tried him up on the second line, I think, very briefly. But during that whole little stretch, I don't think he was ever on the left. But now he's there and it's working. It'd be great to acquire a guy and then push that talent down in the lineup. But then where does he go? Like, does he replace Kerfoot, who had a great game, I thought playing with Kampf and Engvall, who are all three of them playing their best hockey of the season? Does he go on to the fourth line and it's Aston Reese, Holmberg, and Yarncroak? That's a pretty good fourth line. That, that could be something. I mean, that's basically two shutdown lines at that point. He's certified 2LW for now. Speaking of which, not a question, but Pontus Holmberg still doesn't have a photo on NHL.com. Straight disrespect. Leafs Nation demands that you write this wrong, NHL.com. How dare you? Last question. What are your thoughts on the Leafs having two players with over 500 points exclusively with the club? 
It is kind of wild because I think it's been quite some time since someone did that. Like, you could sign someone, but more than likely you drafted a player and they stuck around for a while and they had a good career. That's how they got to 500 points with your club. Nazem Kadri was a Leaf for part of 10 seasons. He played 561 career games with the Leafs. 357 points. He didn't even reach 400 with the team. Matthews and Marner both already have 500. Kessel, 394. He didn't even reach 400. Without looking it up, like just off the top of my head, the last guy, honest to goodness, might have been Thomas Caberlet. He was with the Leafs 12 years, 878 games, 520 points. Dude, the late Sundin era slash post Sundin era was a tough time to be a fan and no one stuck around whether they were drafted and traded or not drafted at all or a free agent signing or anything guys showed up lost a bunch of games left immediately we as leaf fans are upset about the leafs constantly losing in the first round uh, we we would have killed for this a few years ago it doesn't feel like that when they lose in the first round but ooh, there was a time i forgot what the first round looked like so to have two of those guys on the team at the same time is wild and nylander's at 388 so by the end of next season he should be able to join the 500 club too and i had to look it up riley 390 okay given the context matthews and marner having 500 at the same time that's disgusting that's ridiculous last but certainly not least i am probably gonna make an irresponsible purchase and you might also so i don't know if you saw the leafs warm-up jerseys or pucks but they are incredible because this was the indigenous celebration game and i was sent a link from producer rob they're auctioning those warm-up jerseys and some of the pucks off now, if you want in on the jerseys it looks like you'll be lucky to get one for a, a thousand uh and the pucks even are 200 but uh i i really want one and i really want one and i feel like it's enough that I really want one. There was a tweet from Real Sports Apparel, Toronto Maple Leafs and artwork designed by Tyler Rushnell, a 23 year old Anishinaabe artist of six years. And it's been deleted, I think, because it all sold out really, really fast. So all that's left is the auction items. Get these into a game, man, seriously. But for now, the Leafs have a game tomorrow. So that is it for this one. Thank you very much for watching. Click like if you liked this video, click subscribe if you really liked it. Tell all your friends, I, Morgan Riley's not the problem anymore.